Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic show. Thank you for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago as the summer and the fall meet somewhere in the meridian line here, feeling like a little bit of both. Coach of the Big Dog with you right up until 12, uh, until 12 o'clock, I wish. To 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock Central Time. What the heck? Our phone number here, 888-463-6748. we got baseball to talk about. Going to jump off the sports page, talk a little bit about... Uh, Hurricane Irene and some other natural disasters. we got a few natural disasters in the world of sports as well. Big Dog, our NASCAR expert, will give us his opinion on the Kurt Busch situation. If you're not familiar, we will explain a por favor coming up in a couple of minutes. But right now, let me welcome in, I believe his picture is actually on the screen today because he's checking in via Skype. It is my good friend, the boy wonder, if you will, the Big Dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, how are you? Hello, Joel. We got a different connection today. It might not be working. His picture might be up, but we can't hear his voice. All right. We'll see if we can get that technical difficulty uh, fixed a little bit. But uh, we got lots to talk about. Baseball first and foremost, front and center. And, boy, if you're a Chicago White Sox fan, you have ridden the roller coaster this year. More downs than ups, but uh, Another down cycle. They lose to Anaheim yesterday, eight to nothing. On the other hand, if you're an Anaheim Angel fan, and those that uh, have regularly listened to the program, I'm not sure there's many people out there that do listen on a regular basis. But for those of you that do, God bless you. We love each and every one of you. I want names and numbers, please, uh, so I can send Christmas cards to you, Thanksgiving cards, maybe a Ramadan card. It's Ramadan right now. Happy Ramadan to all of our uh, listeners out there who are observing the holiday. And uh, if you are observing Ramadan, put the coca-cola not supposed to drink or eat stop cheating gotta wait till sundown uh for the anaheim angel fans out there you gotta be feeling pretty good because they're back in the hunt now they beat the white Sox two in a row and all of a sudden the texas rangers in a little bit of a mini slump angels beat the Sox last night eight to nothing they're only two and a half back so just when you think texas is starting to pull away back come the anaheim angels and i got news for you folks what we thought was going to be a great September for the baseball races is shaping up to be uh, not that great. Not that great. I mean, you got Boston Red Sox and the Yankees. Here's one of the bad things about the wild card. Because those two teams have battled each other in a tremendous horse race, if you will, for the division championship, but nobody's really talking about it. There's no suspense a, because there's there's no big trophy, there's no great pride anymore in winning your division in not just baseball, in any professional sport. And B, whoever doesn't make it is going to be the wild card. And from what we've seen this well before, the wild card teams can win the World Series just as much. So it's a little bit, it's unfortunate that a great race between two hated rivals, I think I could fairly accurately call them hated rivals, the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, really very little interest. I mean, it's fun following those two teams because they got all the high-paid players, the big names, the big salaries, and they're both tremendously talented teams. But, like, who cares 
who wins the division. It's taking all the suspense out of that. All right, a little baseball to lead off the show. As I had mentioned, via Skype, let's check the technical phone lines now and see if it's working. we got the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on the line. Joel, how are you? Yeah, I want to talk baseball instead of Skype, but I'm not kidding you. I never have an Internet connection problem, and every time I get on Skype, the Internet goes out. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's with your show. It, it was when I used to be on it like a year ago. It would go out right in the middle of a call. That's why I, I've never really had a lot of confidence in this particular technology. Interesting. Your voice, by the way, oh. I, I can't see the screen right now. I hope this is not true, but your voice sounds like you're coming from somewhere deep in a bathroom stall, possibly a shower. And, again, I'm not well, looking at Skype. I hope that's not true. Well, I really don't know what I can do about it. Normally I would have the phone and, and I would call you, Coach, uh, but I have absolutely no energy in the phone. I left my charger somewhere, so I'm stuck in the – well, no, you don't have to hear about that. So, no. But that's the thing is Skype's supposed to be more clear, all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we're still we're working on it. You know, it's it's a work in progress. So we'll, we'll see if we can get Stephen Jobs now that he doesn't not the CEO of Apple anymore. Maybe he could work on it a little bit. I'm just glad, big dog. Is he going to run the Cubs? Uh, yeah. I mean, if the know? Cubs job is open, I'll take Stephen hey. Jobs, and he doesn't even know who Darwin Barney or Albert Pujols is either one of them. But I would still want him GM in as a Let the rumor mill begin. That's an interesting okay. uh, coincidence. A lot of people thought it was for health reasons. Maybe not. General manager well, we job need... opens up four days later. Stephen Jobs steps down, CEO of Apple. Interesting. Well, when they when they hired Theo Epstein over there in, in Boston, they said too young, uh, thinks way too out of the box. Well, Steve Jobs, too old, yeah. thinks way way out of the box. He yeah. might be the perfect person for this job. It is possible. It is possible. Our good friend Darren from Displays wants to know if that means Jim Hendry will be hired as a chief executive officer of Apple. And I think I can safely say well, the answer the to that is Jim, no. The way Jim Hendry spends money, at least Apple could afford it. <laughs> I mean, Jim Hendry will spend somebody else's money, no problem. Can you imagine if he, like, he, he was like a, a head of a sales team and he was in charge of the expense account? Yeah, yeah here's here's the gold card, Jim. And why did you give that woman an $18,000 tip? She did a good job. <laughs> she's never going to do anything else for you well that's too bad I mean oh. Jim Henry will not be good running here we're struggling here big dog struggling on our end of the line hopefully this thing's going to work because I would do want to hear your comment I'm just glad I don't know can you still hear me dog I can hear you okay. fine That's, that's I, I'm just glad here, that the, here, here's my little troubleshoot here Okay. don't move around as much as you're moving around big dog that's what's causing those noises what's he doing walking around pacing well, no, no, no. He's just doing, okay. doing like the little head shake and the head shimmy and everything right. like that. Can't do that. Or it's that case sensitive, huh? Well, the, the, the microphone he's using. Okay. Big dog, I'm just a little, uh, I'm just glad today you're using Skype because yesterday the combination of you wearing nothing but a bathrobe and all the college football talk, I think, uh, the, the Skype could have been a little embarrassing the last half hour of the show. I, I gotta admit, I think Mike was a little bit turned on. Turned on or turned off? Turned on, to I, be quite I, honest with you. I was, too. I was, too. Just all the college fight. Are you kidding me? With the great traditions of college football and breaking down little Missouri footballs. I was getting, I was getting all jacked up for the college football. And then looking over at a young and attractive Michael Moreau, you couldn't help but get a little excited on a beautiful Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. Uh, I could understand, Coach. Definitely yeah. understand. Yeah, that was a, a you know. It was not on our docket yesterday. Those that missed the show, you can always archive it at thetalkzone.com or the Two Guys Mike website. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed 
the discussion yesterday, Big Dog, and, and glad I didn't get to see you in the bathrobe, by the way. That's that's nice. Okay. Now, I appreciate we didn't. Yeah. I'm not looking at the screen right now. You're not going bathrobe again today, are you? Uh, no, believe it or not, I went. I even went and changed and put on a clean T-shirt. <laughs> uh, whatever you do, don't stand up. I won't. Okay. Beautiful. Sounds uh, much better. I was better. told not to move. Sounds much better. Now we got you back and live in living color. Would you yes, like to Steve. see him? I can bring him up on the computer in there. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. I would like to see Joel just so I can see what's going on. Great to have you, though. We'll invite the listeners to uh, join in a little phone conversation here, sports talk and more, 888-463-6748. Before getting to Anaheim's big win over the White Sox, dog, as you rejoined us, I was talking about, are you with me a little bit? And, and one of the negatives of the wild card is that a great potential race between two-headed rivals, the Red Sox and the Yankees, who've gone back and forth. Nobody's really watched that. Nobody really cares who wins the division because both teams are going to be in anyway. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, there's no fear of elimination. Yes. You know, there's no knockout round or anything like that. And you hit the nail right on the head. You know, you definitely want to have home field advantage. You want to be a division winner. But the, the wild card – wins world championships. So if somebody gets in, does it really matter? I mean, it, they would rather play games six and seven at home than at Fenway or at Yankee Stadium, depending on your perspective. But you're exactly right. It does take a little bit away. That's why if uh, the Angels and the Rangers can actually make a race of it, if the White Sox and the Tigers can make a race of it, it's actually really interesting. Those would be a lot more interesting than the greatest rivalry in all of baseball, which is the Yankees-Red uh, Sox going down to the wire. Because every single year, Basically, the wild card always comes from the American League East, Coach. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Whether it's the Tampa Bay Rays who sneak in once every three years or it's just the Red Sox and the Yankees who get in every single year. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate. We've talked about this in other sports, too. In today's modern day and age, when it's all about the playoff, there is little, if any, emphasis on actually winning a division championship over, what, five months, 162 games? It's like... Nobody remembers who the division champion. I don't, is there even well, a trophy for it? No, absolutely not. There's no trophy. And, and even, I don't, there's no, seriously, there's no trophy? Of course not. I don't blame any of these. They, they get to raise the flag at their home stadium. 2007 Central Division champions. Let's be proud to be a Chicago Cup fan. Okay, <laughs> well, I can go out there and I take pictures <laughs> of that banner. Okay, now, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully mm-hmm. one day I'll be able to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, uh, I agree with you. I totally agree that there's there's it, it troubles me a little bit that there's no emphasis on on division championships. It's, mm-hmm. And I am truly, by the way, also a uh, most of the time I'm a win it all or or you had a disappointing season type of guy. It does depend on what team you're rooting for. But the way you can change that in sports is first and foremost, who wants to celebrate a division championship in football when there's four teams yep. in the division? Who yep. really cares? Yep. You won one-eighth of your league, one-eighth, 12.5%. If you had four divisions of eight teams in football, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you win a division. I mean, the way football should be done right now, if you don't mind, because baseball has six divisions, winning a division championship is nothing. There should be four divisions in baseball. You get four division winners, they get home field advantage, and then you get four wild cards that's for Basically two from each league. So you could have two from the East one year, you could have two from the West, or it could be one and one. Okay, so I think uh, there should be more emphasis on winning a division. And in, and in NFL, are you kidding me? Hey, we 
we're the Arizona Cardinals and we beat out the, the Seahawks and all these other crappy teams like the Rams that are in our division. <laughs> so we should be proud. Mm-hmm. No, you shouldn't. But just say you won an eight team division, like a conference championship in college, yeah, that then it's something, something major. So yep. that's what I'm saying. So check this coach. This is, I, I've already had this figured out. You have a 16 game schedule. If you have four eight team divisions and people, when I say this to you, this is going to knock some – some people are going to be mad. But I would say totally do away with the AFC and the NFC. Okay, so you have four divisions. The winners of those four divisions, it's just like the playoffs now. There's 12 teams that get in. Okay, so you get the four-division champion. Uh, guys get the bye. And then five through 12 are wild cards. Do you understand where I'm going with me with that? So you yeah. get your four-division winners. And then the remaining of the remaining 28 teams, 12 teams are going to make the playoffs. So you take the top eight; those are five through 12. They play the first game. Five plays 12, and then the winner of eight nine plays the number one seed. And it just goes like that. So what could end up happening is, you know, the Bears could end up playing uh, the New England Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. The Bears could play the Packers in the Super Bowl. And then that way, if you did win a division. It means something. First of all, it means something. You won your division no matter what. It's an eight-team division now, so you can be proud, and you can actually sell a, in a, you know, a George Hallis division championship and actually say, heck, this really meant something. As a, as opposed to now, you're like, oh, the Bears were NFC North champs last year. What the heck does it mean? They lost to the Packers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So and that's what they need to do. Now, hockey, hockey, baseball, basketball, four divisions. All of them should have four divisions. Yeah, I, I I agree with it. I think you'd accomplish, uh, well, you would gain one thing, and I don't think you'd lose the other. You're going to have the same amount of teams in the playoffs. You're not going to lose, I don't think, uh, any interest in other teams making the playoffs wild cards because that's the reason they put yeah, the whole wild card about, yeah. thing in. And, and, and you would have now legitimate pride in winning your division championship. So I think you're getting your cake. And a little ice cream and a little cherry on top, unless I'm, I'm missing something. No, no, no. The only thing that you would be missing, honestly, Coach, are the like the only fans that would be hurt would be fans that had no chance whatsoever of a wild card, but you were in a four-team division that was so bad okay. that you could legitimately be five and nine okay. after week fourteen and and have a and shot at the playoffs. If that's if that's well, the cares? one if that's the one negative big dog, I think I can live with that. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. trust me, when the, when it's all settled, five through twelve, the teams that made the wild cards, team thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, they were down in it to the last week, anyways. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I really think it w- it would mean something. And I do remember when the NBA switched to six team divisions, and it was a right after Jordan retired. It was late nineties, coach. And I remember David Stern. Somebody asked David Stern, "Do you think this would?" Uh, Tell you, you know, mean less when you win a division. He's like, well, divisions really don't mean anything in basketball. It's the playoffs, anyways. And at least this way, we can sell more T-shirts. Yeah, that was exactly what he said. Yeah, well, that's that's the wrong philosophy, in my opinion. It's probably the prevailing attitude, unfortunately. But it's not well, something I would uh, adhere to. Coach, are you more likely to buy an NFC North Championship uh, T-shirt with the Bears in a four-team division, or what if they were in a seven-team or an eight-team division? And they, you know what I mean? They had seven games against. There, see, that was another thing. Here's another uh, bad aspect that if you go to four eight-team divisions in, in the NFL, okay, there, there, there is, it's not all perfect. The other one is this. You would only get to play your rivals one time. So the Bears would have seven uh, division games. They would play the Packers once, the Lions once, the Vikings once, and then 
most likely, like everybody that was in this general area. So like the Colts, the Rams, you know, I, that's how I've, I've actually restructured and made all new divisions around football. Potential so assistant commissioner of the NFL, Joe Rodwanski on Skype via the phone lines with us today. I like that uh, very much. And you know what? If we don't play the Green Bay Packers twice a year, we just play them once a year, but we get to play some different teams. A, a uh-huh. you know, more of a cross section of teams. Again, I might be in the minority here, but that also would not bother me as long as we still play them once a year. If we stop playing the Vikings, stop playing the Packers, that would bother me. If we play them once a year, I can live with that. You would still play them once a year. So now what would you have, Coach? Since there's eight team divisions, you would play everybody else once. So that's seven games yep. in your division, right? There's three other divisions now. You would play three teams mm-hmm. in each division every yep. single year, and it would rotate. Yep. I like that. So you would never go more than three years without playing a team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So because there's actually now with the four teams, it's n- it's never more than four. But back when it used to be five team divisions, you could go 10, 15 years without playing a team. So that way, there's always a, a rotation on your on your schedule, coach. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me. Uh, you you alluded to one of the things I wanted to get to here real quick because I do want to get back to baseball topic of the docket for the day and natural disasters, as well as your thoughts on a little uh, curious thing happening in NASCAR right now, but. Four, eight team divisions in the uh, National Football League, the NFL. I likes it. We got the Hallis division. You already called that the Lombardi division. Those two seem to be obvious. If they went like he's the already NHL, got the trophy. Pardon me. He's already got the trophy, well, coach. So Lombardi. Still got no, it. he doesn't get a division because okay. you have to honor. You have to honor Lamar Hunt. You have to honor uh, Hunt. There's a bunch of different people that you might want to well, honor. That's, that's so Lombardi already has the trophy. Okay, all right, I'll go with you on the Lombardi thing. The Super Bowl trophy is the Lombardi trophy, so now, and we'll throw that out to the listeners, 888-463-6748. Big dog, you got four other divisions. Uh, George W. Hallis has to be one of them. Yeah, Lamar Hunt, huh? Who else would be in Yeah, the Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt. What about Al Davis? Oh. I know the NFL would never do it, uh-huh. but quite honestly, Al Davis – did so much for the American Football League and making it a power. We just said uh, I feel like we had an email he, come in from BB from New England, and he said, "What about uh-huh. the Bill Belichick division? That's, Why not?" And that's an email from BB from New England. That's that's not so over the top. A Tom Landry division, or or maybe doesn't, or maybe doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be owners or uh, guys that. Or GMs or guys that did a lot for football. Maybe it could be players. Walter, uh, Walter Payton division. W- without a doubt, if there was going to be if there was going to be names of players for divisions, it would mm-hmm. have to be like Walter Payton, a Jerry Rice, or a Joe Montana. Yep. Uh, that that would that you would be a difficult be, one. A Jim Brown for, division for all the renegade teams, for all the independent teams that like to uh, not go with the flow. Maybe if you're a suspended team, you automatically go into the Jim Brown division. Just to throw. Why? Out. What? Huh? Why was Jim Brown wasn't a bad guy or anything? No, nah, I didn't say a bad guy, but he was a, in his post-football years. He became a, no, not a bad guy at all, but definitely outside the box, a controversial figure, very outspoken. You're right. I probably shouldn't have said suspended, but a, a little angry, by the way. Yeah, and, and very Brown. right in some of the things he said, by the way. But he he became a little volatile in his later years. Yeah, he was actually volatile as a running back if you watched him play. Still the best. All around, or you could have the O.J. Simpson division insert insert your own joke. Uh, you know, the, Jim Brown. There's a, there's a story about Jim Brown walking into a South Central Los Angeles uh, neighborhood yep. and walking up to some some gang guys and 
and basically tell them put their guns down and quit act like idiots and walk away. And so, and like some guy like in the gang was like, you know, I decided to do it. And they were like, why did you do it? Because he was an NFL legend. They're like, what? What are you talking about? That dude is scary. I wouldn't. I don't want to mess with that man. The guy had no idea that Jim Brown actually played the NFL, but he, he was so stern and forthright that he scared the bejesus out of the guy. You know that so, uh, stocking hat that he wore in his more rebellious years. Uh, not stocky, I, but it was uh, the African, yes. like, uh, plump hat. Yes, yes. my first couple of years on the radio, I actually wore that hat while I was co-hosting the show, which uh, I thought would be a good look, Big Dog. The, the uh, two-year stint did not go very well, but I I thought I would give it a shot. People said it did not wear as well on me as it did Jim Brown. Didn't they fire you for drinking coffee in the, in the studio? <laughs> no, that was the first complaint, though, the first of many. Well, oh, thank you oh very that's much. what happened if you... Yes. If you weren't wearing the hat, that probably you wouldn't have got the complaint, Coach. Yes, that was sports. Because if you were overnight sports you, reporter George Offen, I want to thank him for that after our first appearance in there. Thank you, George. Next well, time, I, talk I, to I, me, honestly, you little weasel. Ever, ever since you told me that story about him, I change the channel whenever I hear his voice. <laughs> Every single time, I, I yeah. refuse to have anything well, to do with him after you that story i cannot stand tattletales and he was just worried that you were better than yes. him and you, and you are that's exactly so, right but uh, you don't have to worry about changing the channel anymore because he's not on anymore that's one way to solve the problem uh all right uh, so we got the football restructuring if people have thoughts on the division by the way i like your pick of tom landry one of my favorite if i had to list my top five coaches all time any sport i would go tom landry a guy that was so solid so quiet and so um, stoic, I think that's the word you always associate with him. But what I loved about Tom Landry is even though he was calm and stoic on the sidelines, his teams, his offense and special teams in particular, Big Dog, were amongst the most creative and energetic and, and outside the box of any teams I ever saw. I thought that contrast was so great. And, of course, he won a ton of games as well. Don't forget uh, defensively. He came up with, uh, like nickels and dimes and dime blitzes and he ran the flex defense where he actually would put Randy White two feet off the ball yep. with his hand down yep. and then shoot all over the different places. And uh, it was really, really innovative. Now, nobody else in the history of football has ever used the flex defense where they put people down on the ground two feet off the ball. Mm-hmm. It was only Tom Landry, but it worked for Dallas. Heck, they won two Super Bowls of them doing that. So doomsday, something must have been right. Now. Doomsday defense. Bob Lilly and uh, Chuck Howley and Cornell Green back in the backfield. Those, I mean, those were some great deals. Jeth, uh, Jethro Pugh, right? Or was he a Charlie Waters? Yeah, Randy White. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ed Tutal Jones. Oh, who could forget? That, sure. that he, he. There was plenty to be. Don't forget uh, Hollywood Henderson. I'm a, trying, a linebacker. Trying to forget Hollywood Henderson. But you know what? Without a doubt, he had one of the most interesting lives in the history of any NFL player. And he had some of the best quotes. Terry Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the A. I mean, that's that's pretty good right there. Uh, okay? that's, unless you're a member of Terry Bradshaw's immediate family, that is pretty good. Even Terry, I think in his later years, could probably appreciate the humor that back then, though, he was a little bit more uh, uh, headstrong, if you will. Yeah, he was a little angry about that comment. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, 888-463-6748. Again, the phone number you want to check in. We'd love to hear from you, Coach, and uh, soon-to-be Assistant Commissioner of the National Football League, Joel Radwanski, checking in via Skype today. Big dog, before we get to the baseball, got to mention we have Hurricane Irene approaching the East Coast as we speak. We want to wish uh, all of our listeners in the deep south, the East Coast, uh, 
all of the best is this potentially, and I know you're a weather specialist guy, you're up on your natural disasters, but a potentially uh, very uh, dangerous hurricane approaches the United States. It's, it's, it's most likely a Category 4. There's a chance it gets up to Category 5. It's wow. just a chance. But if it gets up to Category 5, you're talking about uh, no question that there'll be people that uh, will have passed away and massive, massive destruction. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you could talk about this, what, this Paul Crotman guy who's wishing for a massive disaster. So it'll supposedly help the U.S. economy. Have you heard that guy? No, I, not that was sure. actually, no, that was, that was a fake, uh, Google Plus account. Oh, thank goodness. And what, Seriously. He, he didn't say that. He didn't say Okay. That. Good. Good. Mm. That's uh, like legitimately right now we don't need that. What, what we do have need right now is to figure out how to have more uh, renewable energy out there so we don't have put so much CFCs in the mm. air. So we have uh, Category 4 and Category 5 hurricanes, you know, once every 10 years. Like they used to happen and not uh, four to five a year like yep. it's been happened recently. You know, let's stay on natural disasters and weather here. I know always a fascinating topic, but let's compare it to sports and Big Dog, I know from talking to you, you are a defense-first guy, as am I. When I coach basketball, it's all about defense. With technology that we have, it's obviously not here yet, but can it be far away where we know the hurricane is coming? It's headed towards us, and you know we can defend by building stronger buildings and, and by evacuating our houses, but will the technology be there in the near future, Joe Radwanski, where we can defend a hurricane by somehow breaking up the power of a particular storm is there any defense for the power of mother nature uh that's a that's a really tough question now coach because they can create a hurricane uh as a matter of fact there's been if i'm sure that you've heard the conspiracy theories about how how more frequent there's earthquakes and hurricanes uh around the earth when the space shuttle's in the air and it's, it's like five times as many believe mm-hmm. it or not and there's there's been talk that the actual uh, space shuttle can actually shoot down a beam into an ocean or a sea, get it warm enough, and if the conditions are right for a hurricane, there you go, a hurricane is created. Why would they, uh, a lot why of would they do that, that on purpose, though? Uh, well, if you wanted to, uh, all of a sudden you're in a war with China and you want oh, to wipe out all their... So a, Rush, uh, a Russian satellite space. up there, and they're, they're firing stuff at us to cause some natural disasters. Okay, I got it. That quite possibly be. That, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but you asked if we could stop a hurricane. I don't know, Coach, but believe it or not, there are uh, a lot of people who say that the United States government has the ability to create a hurricane. Interesting. So, but, but that's that's there's more than one like source that has said that. There's conspiracy mm-hmm. theorists out there that believe it's happening. Interesting. So I'm talking about defense, but you're talking about uh, there might be some offense if you will, to Mother Nature, some assisted offense. Interesting. Scary, well, well, way, but it, interesting. Well, if uh, we go to war with China, that's probably what we'll do to their coastline. Uh, that's, that's just the word on the street. So <laughs> i got to start living on the same block as you. I don't know what street that is. but So instead of military, it's a, probably a lot cheaper, too. Instead of military arsenal, we'll just use uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, throw in a couple of ground fires, and we're all set. You get you get uh, you get like fifteen nerds that just worked at Apple and Dell and HP. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you get them in a room together. Next thing you know, you pay these guys, you know, uh, five million dollars a year if they come up with it. They do, and then next thing you know, you can save billions and trillions of dollars on actually uh, launch an invasion. And then you can always say, "Well, God didn't like you," and then and then you should believe in our in our. Uh, Mm-hmm. And our God, which, you know, that's always a good way to win a war. That's what it seems like nowadays is what it is. It's not only 
freedom and democracy. It's like, oh, we have to put our the way we think religiously upon you also. Now, now we're headed over into scary territory here, uh, no question about it. Speaking of that, by the way, huh? A happy, happy Ramadan, happy Ramadan to all of our listeners out there. Big Dog, I know you know many people that follow the persuasion in honor of Ramadan. Are you uh, not eating during the day to help make it a little bit easier for some of your Ramadan friends? No, what are you talking about? I'm going to all my favorite falafel restaurants because there's no wait in line. <laughs> David Olson just gave a shake of the shake of the head. This is not our most politically correct show. <laughs> All right. Thank you very All much. Right. So, well, no, no. Falafel's delicious. Have you tried that? <laughs> I, I, oh, really? have, I, mean, I, I have. I, I'm a huge fan of the Mediterranean food. In fact, uh, they had a place right maybe five minutes from our house called Cafe Are. Tremendous uh-huh. Mediterranean grill. And it closed up, closed up about six months ago. We were all very, very depressed. i got to find a new uh, fast food Mediterranean. If you know a place, let me know. Uh you know, it, it's funny how they changed the, the names of Mediterranean food. You know, like, depending on what it was like. It, it, they used to call them Arab restaurants sometimes, and now mm-hmm. they're Mediterranean restaurants. Yeah. Just they can stay open. Uh, yeah. that, it's it's very food. difficult to keep up. Uh, the, the food is delicious. Yeah. And it's good for you also. Seriously. Absolutely. It's, really it's healthy. You got a little hummus action going. And you're a falafel, falafel guy. I'm a couscous guy. That's why we work together so well on the radio. You got a, two falafel guys or two couscous guys. Not going to mesh, but you go falafela, I go couscous. That's why we work together so well, Big Dumb. I, I hate to tell you, but I'm a, I love the couscous. I go couscous before rice and noodles any day of the week. Absolutely. Much better, much healthier, and as uh, long as you got something to loosen you up a little bit later on, everything is good. There's That's good for you. Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> uh, Big Dog and a coach here at thetalkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. If we sound a little bit discombobulated it's because the skype we're on a slight time delay big dog and our normal uh impeccable timing is not quite there today i don't know if you've noticed on your end i i have not noticed coach but i don't notice much okay <laughs> okay all right See, well, he, now, wouldn't, he wouldn't notice the delay because it doesn't seem like there's a delay to him okay it's coming back to us that where, where you get the delay okay all right so, so i Big dog, I will apologize in advance if I'm stepping over your lines today because I'm hearing you at a different, slightly different time uh, time frame than you are. I don't know if I've had any really good lines yet, so I don't really, I'm not sure if that really has mattered. Even oh, though I did on. like the falafel line, even though David got it. <laughs> All right, I meant no, I meant fence. <laughs> let's get to some baseball real quick. White Sox knocked off uh, again by Anaheim, eight to nothing. They go two games below 500. Detroit Tigers lost again, though. Big dog, Tampa Bay. Man, that Tampa Bay, they're like a little pest that you keep swatting at. They won't go away. Still nipping at the butt of the Red Sox and Yankees. They knock off Detroit. Sox six and a half back. But, boy, yeah, we, we didn't get to it yesterday, but you have to talk about the frustration of a very unusual, and I'm being kind, an unusual White Sox season this year. It, it has been an, an, an extremely unusual season. I, I don't know if I want to sit beat up on the White Soxes, but before I uh, – there's I do want to mention something about the Rays, but – it has been an ugly, ugly situation for the West. Actually, you know, they won 88 games last year and supposedly added people to the roster that was going to help them put them over the top. And you got to figure 90 wins would, would win you the American League Central. It's been an ugly year and it's a disappointment. <laughs> and at this point, now just bury your head in the sand. There's only the September 17th game, uh, which is the halfway day to St. Patrick's Day. 
at U.S. Cellular Field is the only day to go to the park the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I've got. It's I, have to, I, have, I have to check the exact day, but I did get uh, courtesy of one of the dads that I coach. He's got like great box seats. I've got four box seats for a September fairly late. I think it might be September 23rd game. I kind of thought, you know, the way they were going, maybe it'll be an exciting game. Could be dramatic, but I got a feeling when I get there, there'll be uh, plenty of good seats available. Well, if it's September 23rd, Coach, it's a Friday night, I will go with you. Okay. But if that has anything to do with uh, messing up watching my football. But then again, I'll miss Friday night football, high school football. So I don't know if I would actually want to go with you. Mm-hmm. See, that mean, honestly, the high school football or a Sox game on a September 23rd when they're eight games out and there's only seven games remaining? Yep. I, I don't know. Still got the food. Still got the food. White Sox Park, one of the best things that you can do in all of baseball, folks, is take a lap around uh, right before the game, first inning, second inning, really just about any time except when they're closing up shop. Just take a lap around Comiskey Park, Cellular Field, and your olfactory senses, Big Dog, will get one of the more pleasurable experiences they've had in their life. I got to tell you, they have the best food of any ballpark I've ever been in. And I've I've only been in about 12 major league parks, only about 12 of them. And they, that's the best food of any of them I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. I, and that's including Bratz in Milwaukee, uh, the Dodger Dogs at Dodger Stadium. That's, it's the best food mm-hmm. in all the major league baseball. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, with the Bratz in Milwaukee, I was really disappointed in the food mm-hmm. at Miller Park. Extremely so disappointed. It was, it was, it's a beautiful ballpark. Beautiful. But yeah, mm-hmm. the food, the food was mediocre at best. And, and but by the way, I will tell you this: I've never seen so much cheese on cheese fries as they do at Miller Park. They put a squirt for every single fry. It's unbelievable. I've never. It was legitimately like doctors hang out just when they they <laughs> warn you as they pump it. It's ridiculous. But other than that, there's nothing to eat up. I, I couldn't agree more. You go to Miller Park and you're, I was just dying for a bride. And after I ate it, I was like, seriously, the bun was hard. I don't even think they cooked it. Glare. Beep. 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 Yeah, the cheese fry at Miller Park are uh, definitely to die for. Yeah, well, I, I keep telling my kid, I, I try to stay away from the cheese fry. But if you're going to get cheese fries, cheese on the side. So you can dip the fries into the cheese, not over it, because the cheese starts to coagulate and get cold, and it gets it ruins the French fries. All the young kids out there, I'm trying to pass on information on this show. If you order the cheese fries, cheese on the side. I don't know if you agree with me, Big Dog, but I feel quite strongly. No, no, you got it. You got to get the cheese all over because uh. if you put it all together at one, it coagulates and then you don't get enough cheese on your fries. You have to let it melt over the hot fries and then it becomes a part of the fries and <laughs> then you use a fork. Uh. Believe it or not, I usually don't encourage people or do I normally use a fork, but <laughs> yeah. you don't eat cheese fries with your hands, especially yeah. chili cheese fries, people. The cheese coagulating with the French fry. That's almost, I think, what was it, the Iowa State Fair. We saw this from the uh, political primaries. Uh, you know, all the candidates, the Republican candidates were there. I think one of the big selling items, supposedly they have the greatest pork chop you'll ever taste, the pork chop on a stick. That I would like to try. Everybody said that was the best pork chop they've ever had. But they also, Big Dog, featured fried butter on a stick. I, I don't get that one, Coach. That's that's just ridiculous. Fried? I actually can imagine what it tastes like, Oof. and one bite I Ugh. think would actually be good. But more than one bite of that I think would be vile. And, like, how could your body take it? It would. I just couldn't handle it. Don't forget the Iowa State Fair, 
You know, I saw a picture of Mitt Romney walking through it, and there was a line that had 9 billion people in it, and it was for the fried Twinkie. Oh, the fried Twinkies. Take a Twinkie, uh-huh. fry it, and then you uh. eat it. That uh, legitimately, the line was around the, the block. It yeah, was, uh, I just noticed that in the background. I was cracking up when I saw it. I, I was would, like, what I is everybody? That I, I had a look, and it was like, I saw a really small <laughs> fried Twinkie. I'd wait in line, a uh, little bit of a line, I don't know, about an hour line. I'd wait in line, though, for a frozen Twinkie. On a hot summer day, a frozen Twinkie does something for me. The fried Twinkie? No. Sorry. Now, like a fried Twinkie, Where? I do want to take it. I don't I don't even eat Twinkies. I think they're disgusting, but I do kind of want to take just a nibble of a bite just to see what they taste like. Because supposedly they're oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, Hostess Twinkies. But, too. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. What do you do? You take the Twinkies that are, have been hanging around for 40 years, and then you just then you fry those? Because they start going bad around 40 years, right? <laughs> I don't know. That's a disgusting thought. The fried Twinkie itself is a disgusting thought. The fact of a four-year-old Twinkie being fried is really disgusting. All right, can we get off of uh, my cholesterol level? Just went up 38 points talking the last five minutes. Let's get back to baseball. We are so easily distracted on this particular show. But uh, uh, you're right. We don't want to pound the White Sox. It's been a tough season. You do got to credit the Anaheim Angels, though, dog. I opened the show by saying here's a team that won't go away. Texas has lost a couple of games. The Angels back within two and a half games. And your guy, Jared Weaver, ridiculous. I mean, he's... Uh, he is uh, battling Justin Verlander for the American League Cy Young Award, and, and he has pitched a lot of huge games for the Angels. And and unlike the Yankees and, and the Red Sox, the loser of this particular series doesn't get in the playoffs. Yes, so uh, it's real dramatic baseball. That's why I was yeah. when uh, like that's why like we keep on going back. We're like, oh, there's a couple races, and then you say, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to be boring. Coach, let's determine whether they're going to be boring around September 15th because we still got about three more weeks to let these races simmer and figure out who's going to be rolling down the down the stretch run. I mean, the Diamondbacks are still in first place, and people don't even believe it. And they're not even – you know, it's funny is I, I like the Diamondbacks. Really, lately they've not played that well of baseball, yet they keep on winning games somehow. So who knows? Maybe uh, – you know, that's another one. That's going down to the wire because I don't think the the – the wild card is really going to come out of the West. I, I, the Braves, uh, unless they go on a, a losing streak, should be okay. So we could have a couple races, especially out in the West, that will go down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I might have called it one of my rare good predictions. Uh, you know, Arizona coming off a six-game losing streak, and I said it's a tough, tough break for Arizona. They lost their big lead in the San Francisco Giants, but they win last night four to two. They've now won two in a row. My comment, big dog, and I actually thought one of my rare comments that might be semi-legitimate was that, you know what, if you're going to have a losing streak, Arizona picked the exact right time to do it, right before the stretch. Now, you get that 6-7 game losing streak in the middle of September, you in a wee bit of trouble. But uh, I think they, they might. I know everybody's picking San Francisco. I think Arizona got their bad stuff out of the way. They might be ready to get on another roll. Well, I picked the D-backs in, in April, Coach, and, I, and I'm going to stick with them. So, the Rockies, though, the Colorado Rockies, have are only nine games back, and I know that's a long way. But if there's the great, if there's any great September teams in the history of baseball, it's been the Rockies the last five years. Every year they explode in September. So, like nine games to even like the Yankees or the Red Sox would be too much. But for the Rockies against the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. it, it could, especially if the Rockies start surging. Everybody in the National League West, the Giants and the Padres, believe it or not, actually I know they're out of it, but they've played a lot better lately. But the Diamondbacks and the Giants are going to be like, here we go again. Are the Rockies going to pass everybody up? 
and, and Troy Tulowitzki has another month like he did last September, the Rockies will win the division. But I don't expect him to hit 15 home runs and have 45 RBIs, which was the greatest September besides Babe Ruth in 1927. Well, uh, we still remember, what was it, your your a phenomenal baseball historian, so you'll probably nail the exact year, but four, five, six yeah, years ago when Colorado put on arguably one of the greatest streaks ever, ever in baseball. It was like from, what, the third week of August through the end of the year, and they went on an, an incredible run right to the uh, National League Championship Series. What year was that? In, in 2007, the Colorado Rockies were able to pass the San Diego Padres in the one-game playoff by winning 22 of their last 23 Ball games, coach. Wow. We talked about the other day wow. about how how remarkable the Brewers going twenty three and three in uh, July and August was. Well, when you go twenty two and one in September, and one of those games is the one game playoff that goes fourteen innings, and you win after uh, uh, having losing, you blow. They had a three game, they had three run deficit in the tenth inning of that game, coach. They came back and tied it. Eventually went to the fourteenth, and that was the game that Matt Holiday missed home plate, slid on his face, broke his nose, and the <laughs> umpire called him safe when he never touched home plate. Do you remember you know the game I'm talking about? I do remember that. That's in 2007. Yep. That's only four years ago. And Troy Tulowitzki that year put that team on his back and carried them, just like he did last year. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not saying the Rockies could do it, but like I said, any other team in the league, nine games back, it's done. But it'll be, Colorado uh, has September magic on their side. It'll be fun to watch. We'll see if there's any team out there that is uh, back in the pack but still has the leader in sight that can put together an unbelievable run. That could make things uh, much more exciting. You mentioned one of the teams like Colorado. I guess you'd have to live. The White Sox would be one of those teams that could. Tampa Bay. Eight and a half back. Everybody's saying it's Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, you know, they'd be the type of team that could do that over the National let me, League. I don't know, let me tell you something about Tampa Bay, Coach. Don't mean to cut you off. But Tampa Bay, like I said, oh, I, I predicted Arizona to win the division. I thought Tampa Bay was going to be one of the worst teams we had ever seen. That was my prediction at the beginning of the year. And then, like, 15 games into the year, they were 2-13. and 13. I looked like a freaking genius. Joe Madden. The manager of uh, of the Rays, who's also part of the Mike Sosha managerial tree, uh, so he's a stud. He's from the Angels organization. is the is the best manager in the game of baseball right now, and he's definitely deserves manager of the year in baseball this season. For what he's done with the Rays, whether or not they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were two and thirteen and were horrible, and they were all rookies. They they're still all rookies, and they're eight and a half games back behind uh, two teams that have spent a total of four hundred million dollars on roster. And they've got about $20 million, okay? Just maybe, throwing it out there, Coach. Maybe if you're a Cub fan, and I thank you for throwing it out there, and I'll make the catch in right center field on the run. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're throwing it out there, you know, what, what is it, Andrew? I keep wanting to say Andrew Garfield. He's the actor from the Social Network movie. It's Andrew Friedman. The two of them look alike, by the way. Check it out, Andrew Friedman, Andrew Garfield. But the boy wonder general manager from Tampa Bay, one of the leading candidates to maybe to go to the Cubs, Quantum leap or maybe not so quantum, Big Dog, that if he did get that job, he'd find a way to get Joe Madden to come over and manage your Chicago Cub. Don't tease me like that, Coach. Don't <laughs> tease me. Okay? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, that would be awfully, awfully good. Can you imagine the the Cubs? And, and believe it or not, people, I know Chicago, Wrigley Field has this, uh, people think it's a band box and it's a, a home run derby park. Well, when the wind blows out, it is. But believe it or not, more than two-thirds of the time, the wind blows in. And what you need is speed 
and people who put the ball in play at Wrigley Field, and if you look at every single time the Cubs have had a, a legitimate shot at winning the World Series, they had all types of speed in their lineup, 84, 89, 03. There was a lot of speed, and I don't believe the 07 or 08 teams really had a legitimate shot at winning it, even though they had the best record in the, in base, in, in the National League in 08. But teams, when they had Dernier and Sandberg and Sandberg and Walton and Dwight Smith and Kenny Lofton, that's what they need to get back to, the Tampa Bay Rays style of baseball coach. Make a lot of contact, go first to third every single game consistently. That's what I want. And hopefully Joe Madden would bring that. Mm-hmm. All right. Big Dog uh, checking in uh, via the Skype here. You can, too, via the phone lines if you want to check in. Via Skype, you can do it, 888-463-6748. Wrapping up a little baseball talk. Well done, as always, Mr. Redwanski. Again, the phone number, 888-463-6748. Before I forget, i got to get to a quick NASCAR titillating tidbit news of note. It's not a major story, but i got to get your opinion I'm on it. I'm, I'm sure you read Kyle Busch, race car driver extraordinaire. What did he get, 128 miles, miles an hour? hour. In a forty-five, yeah, in a forty-five mile an hour zone, uh, and I guess the question now comes: Should he be able to race this particular weekend? Yeah, that, yeah, he should. I mean, it would. It's an embarrassment. I don't like Kyle Busch whatsoever. Okay, but it, it, it is one of those off the track incidents. Don't forget, it's not something. It's not like a jailable offense. Okay, but it pretty much shows you the type of person Kyle Busch is. Legitimately, that guy, everywhere he goes, people don't like him. And I don't think it's, you know, after a while, when it ends up being like the 20th person in line to say, man, I can't stand that guy, maybe it is him. Maybe it truly is Kyle Bush. Because mm-hmm. when people like Kevin Harvick, who everybody loves, says, I can't stand him anymore, then I'm going to have to go with my guy, Kevin Harvick, and say, Kyle Bush might not be the type of guy that I want around. Yep. So, but he made a mistake. Because I know he doesn't deserve to be suspended. Now, he was not drinking, correct? No, no. Okay. So Kyle just, is just completely sober just for the heck of it. He's driving 128 miles an hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. Not a particularly intelligent thing to do. I think my if I were the head of NASCAR, here's where I would judge. Was it late at night on an open road, or were there cars around? Because if there were cars around, the guy's a complete knucklehead, and he's not racing this particular weekend. That's how I'd judge it. Now, how do, why, why does late at night mean anything? Well, because no, I might ride, I might be riding my bike home late at night from work, which I do very often, Coach. Well, I'm just. I, it doesn't have to do with late at night. I was trying to say if it was a open road and just for kicks, a well-trained race car driver wanted to push it up to 128. You know, there's no other cars around. Not real smart to do, but not as bad. If he's all of a sudden pushing it to 128. When there were at least some semblance of cars in the area, that's completely idiotic, putting other people in danger. And again, as the commissioner in NASCAR, his ass is sitting down this weekend. Well, that would be major because it would cost him the championship this year, considering he's in second place or first place. He's right there. He's right at the top of the championship. He's got four wins this season. Okay. That would be, uh, considering the type of offense that it is, and I agree with you, it's not like a felony. It's still a misdemeanor. It's a driving offense. So... You can't sit the guy down for a misdemeanor, and I agree. It's not the right thing to do in in terms of you should be driving 128 miles an hour, but it really shows – sometimes you just let the – he lost his license for 45 days, Coach. 
He doesn't have a driver's license for 45 days. It doesn't mean he can't drive an NASCAR. Uh, okay. Something beautifully ironic about that. All right, little news and notes, titillating tidbits. Let me move on real quick, by the way, to college football. After I told Dave to save the tape and boldly, and I'm sure the world was on its feet, as I predicted the Purdue Boilermakers to be the surprise team of the Big Ten. Did you read today their starting quarterback? ACL injury out for the season. Thank you very much, and sorry to hear that, Rob Henry. Same ACL that he tore up last year? Uh, or was that – no, that was Robert Marv last year, wasn't it? Or... Oh, so good. Okay, I was getting – because I know that Purdue's had a lot of knee injuries with their quarterbacks the last couple of years, which yes. has been crazy because they had the, they had the four – consecutive or three consecutive four-year starters in Painter, Orton, and Drew Brees. Wouldn't that be nice? No wonder why Joe Tiller retired. <laughs> he, he was there for 12 years and had three quarterbacks. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's awfully nice. Has not been the case for Coach uh, Danny Hope. Anyhow, I'll still hold by that prediction, but that's stuff where you chink in the armor, losing that kid Rob Henry. Uh, Little League World Series, Big Dog, again, news and notes, titillating tidbits. Uh, it hasn't made a lot of news yet. I have not watched – much uh, anything there? I know you've been viewing some of the games. I think we got Venezuela against Mexico today. I got Mexico giving up a run and a half. I do believe it's uh, Venezuela versus Japan for the international uh, championship. Oh, it's uh, a- take on the winner of, uh, or is that? No, the, excuse me. No, they, yeah, that's the game, isn't it? Might be a because consolation have- game. Oh, that's the consolation game. I, I'm not All positive. Right. I know the United Arab. Hey, coach, how do you pronounce it? Emirates. Emirates. The United Arab Emirates team is doing quite well as well. Okay, I know the Japanese team is in the international championship yeah. game. Did you see the Japanese right, right fielder for the Japan team? That kid is Okami. Oh, my goodness, he's hit a, a home run. That kid, he can play, coach. But, but did you watch him out in the field? No, what happened? Oh, he's doing – I think I got the right team. But You you could check it out on YouTube, ESPN featured it. The kid's doing, like, dancing in between pitches. He did a little break dance routine, not showing off. He's just, he, it's hard to describe, but he did it in a positive way. He's just a kid who is apparently bored with the slowness of baseball. So he's jumping around, moving around, making moves between pitches. It's, it's pretty funny to watch. And, again, not in an obnoxious way. He's doing it in a likable way. All right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Now, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but the Montana team, the, the Midwest yes. team was taking on the California team. The California team has been annihilating people. I mean, like they're beating you 10 nothing in four innings and the game is over with. Uh, this kid from Montana hit a, a walk-off home run yesterday and the way he treated it, coach, it was so magical. He was just kind of smiled. He didn't go crazy. You know, he kind of like just smiled at his teammates like it smirked and hit, hit, hit on plate. Awesome. It was so beautiful to watch a kid like totally handle the situation perfectly. He really was absorbing what was going on. You could tell he was. like He's like, wow, I just won a Little League World Series game. It was that's, awesome. That's, that's the uh, team I'm rooting for, the boys from Billings, Montana. I think they're like 3-0, and a couple of steps away from making the World Series. There's not a lot to cheer for out and in now Montana. This isn't, this, huh? this isn't a consolation game, but the California team now plays the Pennsylvania team, the hometown team of the wow. area. So wow. you have the favorite in the tournament playing the hometown favorite to see who gets to play Montana again yep. to be the U.S. champion. So that, I know that's the U.S. side going on. So the Californians are big favorites, but they're going to have to play in front of 40,000 rabid fans cool. rooting on the, the Pennsylvania team. Cool. I haven't watched any games yet. That one might be worth watching. Uh, 
Really, the, the the folks of Billings, Montana, Big Dog, haven't had anything to cheer about since Pat Kennedy left as the uh, coach of the Montana Grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget? Uh, yes, David. Oh, we're moving on. I've got a, a tidbit that's hysterical. Okay. Uh, oh, from, great. From, from world from the world stage, <laughs> uh, you know how the rebels took over the uh, Qaddafi compound the other day. Oh, that world stage. I yes. thought we were going. Theater. Oh no, no, okay. no, no. This is this is all the, the real sports world page. stage. Yeah. Uh, and one of the more interesting artifacts that they found in his room was a photo album containing nothing but pictures of Condoleezza Rice. Wow. All, cl- <laughs> all close-up pictures of Condi Rice. Wow. Swear to God, it's hysterical. So, so apparently uh, Momar had a little crush. Interesting. Let's hope it was not reciprocal. I, Who knows? Some investigator is going to check Condoleezza's room. I hope they don't find pictures of Momar. Lomar has that strong jaw, Coach. Yeah, but the strong jaw was ruined by really bad facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. What? Oh, I, I, I one other uh, much more um, sad note, Big Dog. We, we alluded to it yesterday, but uh, one of the great coaches, not women's coaches, folks, one of the great coaches of all time, Pat Head Summit from Tennessee, will continue to coach, but she did uh, release publicly that she has early-stage Alzheimer's. I don't know where dementia no, meets all- dementia. Well, but I think it leads into Alzheimer's. I'm not quite sure, but obviously it can be serious down the road. You can fight it off with drugs and mental exercises, but it does. It's It uh, tends to get to you in the long run. Very tough to see such a strong, powerful coach like that, Big Dog, and realizing that uh, it's going to be a tough road for her. But anyhow, our best wishes to Pat Head Summit. Will you agree with me? One of the great coaches, again, not women's, Purely one of the great coaches of all time. There is no question she is one of the greatest coaches in the history of this planet. She is phenomenal. And uh, all the women that have ever played for her still contact her and respect her and, and take her life lessons on to this day. Pat had some of one of the great coaches in the history uh, of American sports. And um, yeah, tomorrow I want to bring this up, and I'm going to say stuff that might not be so politically correct, but I do want to talk. I, did, I don't want to go into it now because I might be, it might be misconstrued what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Coach. All right. Don't so, forget, uh, you and me are uh, with me in the lead. I'm hoping to get you to support. We are starting our new, uh, new group, Reasonable Americans Against Politics, as you like to call it, the RAP group, R-A-A-P. I'm working on our position statements, Big Dog, but uh, it needs to be said. It needs to be done. Someone needs to speak for the reasonable, silent majority out there. If I have to do it, I'll be the one. Well, why don't you do me a huge favor and go to GoDaddy right now and buy the domain name, rapgroup.com. Reasonable Americans Against Politics. Those are the tired of the crap that's going on. Now, by the way, I can tell you one little tidbit that it's going to be very short in there. And I'm just, I'm not going to make it fancy. It's just going to be point after point after point, and people are going to agree with it and see that this is, this is the, the, the arena that, no, that's the wrong word. This is the, uh, the way that we want our American country to go and that we're going way off the, the offshoot right now. But one little quick little tidbit that's going to be in there, point number like 18, lobbyist. Don't want to go. Don't need them. Need to go. Period. End quote. No more lobbyists. Done. And uh, I, I got a friend who is a lobbyist, and he even he admits yes. that he but, feels but, like a, he but feels totally a, horrible, but he can't 
He makes a, he makes a half a million dollars a year. Yeah, and it, that's a small, small point, Big Dog, but mm-hmm. it's a classic example of what uh, the rap group is all about, reasonable Americans against politics. Little things like this that guy. that are not getting rid of. Well, the, the silent majority is going to speak out, lobbyists. And, again, this is not like our main thing, it's just, but it's an example of what's going to be on our position statement. Be done with yeah, my, lobbyists. My friend who's a lobbyist coach makes a half a million a year, and he says basically yeah. all he does is go out with these politicians. Yeah. 99% of the time he, he kisses it's their insidious. butt and gets them drunk, and the other 1% yeah. of the time he actually talks common sense it's, with these people. It's insidious. I mean, that's, it's pretty sick. It's insidious. All right, we'll talk tomorrow. Get and I told him, asked him to come on our show, and he said, absolutely not. There's no way I'd ruin such a good thing. And I'm like, can you really handle doing this? He's like, for half a million dollars a year, I'll do pretty much whatever. But he lives in Washington now. All he right. was a lawyer. In the, grew up in the city of Chicago, got in with uh, a, a Chicago politician who went out to Washington, D.C., a big one, now ended up being, got a much better job as a lobbyist instead of working for the politicians. All right, dog, speak, speaking of the rap group, we got to uh, wrap this show up. Let's continue with that thought, more politically incorrect statements, and uh, God forbid some sports talk tomorrow. Okay, dog? Quite possibly, coach. <laughs> All right, have a great day, everybody. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Signing off. Have a great day. 10 tomorrow. Don't be late.